WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. For the second straight Christmas, families are balancing an uptick in COVID with long awaited reunions. Right now, the trends are moving in the wrong direction. Here in Mecklenburg County, we're hovering around 8% when it comes to percent positivity rate. The county considers that to be substantial community spread. Keep in mind, they want it below 5% if we drop that mask mandate. And we're battling Omicron as well. There's at least one case here in the county, probably more. It was detected at a UNC Charlotte student that contracted the virus out of state during the Thanksgiving break. The student was fully vaccinated at the time. They did not have a severe case and did not need to be hospitalized. And here in Charlotte, we'll start the new year with a new public health director. Joining us now, Mecklenburg County Deputy Health Director Dr. Raynard Washington, soon to get the, the top job in that department. Uh, Doc, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, as you start to lead that department in the new year, are you anticipating that Omicron is going to be the, the dominant strain as we go into 2022? Yeah, so I think we are we're watching closely. As you well know, we are uh, monitoring the uh, various variants that are circulating in our community. Uh, based on what we've seen from some of our partners around the world, uh, it does seem that the Omicron variant does uh, become the predominant strain pretty quickly in communities. Uh, so we are expecting that to potentially happen here in the next couple of months. Uh, but of course, right now, Delta continues to be the most predominant strain here in Mecklenburg County and across the state. Uh, I want to talk about the mask mandate because um, it's been talked about a lot. We, we've um, had one here for quite some time in the Charlotte area. And I think a lot of folks say, you know what, it made sense during the rollout, um, maybe for the entire year of 2021. But at this point, everybody's had the chance to get vaccinated. Everybody's had the chance to get their booster. Um, it seems like there, there's always going to be a new variant. We're going to see a surge every couple of months. We're, we're learning some of these things about this virus. Any thoughts? on revisiting that 3% uh, or 5% uh, threshold when it comes to positivity? Certainly. I think I'll just re I reiterate that the uh, level of transmission in our community remains really, really high. Uh, the number of case counts that we have every day continue to rise. Uh, the number of people that we have utilizing our hospital services for COVID-19 also continue to rise. Uh, and so I think as we look at uh, all of those metrics in whole, uh, it's clear uh, that COVID is still very much uh, present in our community and it's still very much uh, uh, spreading <laughs> and spreading rapidly. And so as that's happening, we know that vaccination, of course, is one of the most important tools we have in our toolbox. Uh, but at the same time, uh, masks also continue to be very helpful tools for us as we look to reduce the spread of not just COVID, COVID, but also other respiratory illnesses that are fought, that are that are circulating in the air here in our community. Uh, that's true. We, uh, as you probably saw earlier this week, we had our first flu death in North Carolina. Uh, we know flu activity is picking up in our community. Uh, and so we continue to see very much value in, in individuals wearing masks, especially when they're indoors, in public, uh, and in uh, gatherings of, of large number of people. Honest answer here, don't we, won't we be wearing masks then for the foreseeable future here in Charlotte? Uh, I think really it's not just Charlotte, it's really across the entire state and across the country. Uh, masks, again, are a helpful tool for us to help reduce the spread of the infection. As you know, vaccination does not um, protect you from being exposed to COVID, uh, and you certainly can develop an infection after vaccination. Uh, it's certainly uh, the vaccines are protecting folks from keeping them out of the hospital and having severe illness, uh, which is exactly what we want to do. And in fact, 
rates of COVID are much, much lower among individuals who are vaccinated. Uh, that being said, masks are still a helpful tool when we're out in public, when we're around people that we don't live with, to really minimize the risk of exposure uh, that you might have as an individual, uh, as well as to minimize the risk that you can spread the virus to somebody else in case you have an infection that doesn't have symptoms. So I just want to not put too much of a fine point on this, but but when you become a health director, uh, you're not interested in changing that 5% threshold at this point? Uh, no, not at this time. Um, are, are Percent positive, um, is that, that metric, is that still the best metric for us to be using, given um, the, the, the testing that's out there, given the fact that, we're, that folks are vaccinated and that they've got their boosters? Or is something like hospitalizations or deaths, it, would that be a better indicator? Yeah, so we, we continue to look at all the indicators. As I just mentioned, uh, we have to look at the total picture of COVID-19 impact in the community. Uh, and we are going to continue to do that. And we've been doing that throughout this entire pandemic. Uh, and so percent positivity is the single metric that's in the, the Board of Health rule uh, relative to the, the mass, indoor mask requirement. Uh, but in fact, we are continuing to watch all of our trends and metrics, which uh, actually trend in the same direction. So uh, you see a similar pattern in percent positivity as you do our case counts, as you do our hospitalizations. Uh, and so as all of those metrics continue to trend upward, it's still important for everyone in our community, uh, again, to just use the tools we have in our toolbox. Uh, COVID's here. Uh, it's it's not going anywhere the for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, and so I think we as, as, as folks in our community want to, to do things and be out and about and go back to, to doing things that are important for us. We just need to make sure we have the tools that we that we need and we know work. What is, uh, assuming it's probably COVID related, but what is your top priority um, as you start to take over the department? Sure. Uh, I think for me, certainly, uh, we as a department have come a long way over the last several years under Gibby's leadership. Uh, she has done an incredible job uh, of really uh, working to, to bring uh, a structure and credibility to this health department. Uh, and so certainly for us, we will be working to make sure that we maintain that uh, and that we continue to do the work that we need to do to improve health in this community, uh, specifically around closing equity gaps, uh, health equity gaps, uh, across the board, whether it be in infectious illnesses like COVID or in other illnesses like diabetes and hypertension, uh, but certainly working to make health easy for everybody in this community uh, is our is our job. Do you have any indication how many people are, are still getting vaccinated uh, as far as first time vaccinations? I want to say last week there were roughly uh, anywhere between um, seven and 8,000 new uh, vaccinations, so first dose vaccinations. Of course, a number of those are our 5 to 11-year-olds who were just eligible to be vaccinated. Uh, and so that's that's what I remember off the top of my head. We'll, we'll take that as an answer. That's a, that, that's a fair <laughs> answer. We put you on the spot there. Um, and, and how do you plan to get more people vaccinated? If you say that's really the, the best way for us to get back to normal, how a year into this, how are we going to get any more people vaccinated that aren't already there? You know, we've been saying all along that, you know, really the one-on-one the -on -one conversations with folks is, is, is the way toward moving people from the place of being vaccine hesitant or resistant. Uh, and so we've got a number of initiatives that we will continue to implement across this county to target uh, those folks who have not yet uh, moved to the point of being able to get vaccinated uh, or are wanting to get vaccinated. And so we are working as, as diligently as possible. We still have our teams out knocking on doors. Uh, we have teams out in uh, all kinds of uh, social settings to do education and awareness. Uh, we're making vaccines as readily available to folks in the community, wherever they might be, whether it be at a social place, a football game, uh, to make sure that individuals have access so that when they're ready, uh, it's available to them as, as 
as quickly and as conveniently as possible. Uh, we also still have our doses to door program, uh, which is making sure that if our our outreach teams that are on the on the ground every day talking to folks about vaccination, if they're able to, uh, if someone wants to get it, we can call a nurse and bring uh, the vaccine right to them wherever they are. Uh, we've also recently launched a barbershop and beauty salon campaign uh, that will be sort of moving uh, throughout the community and really targeting some of those neighborhoods where we know folks are uh, to provide just additional education, answer people's questions and hear them. Uh, and it is, it is, it's long work, uh, but it's work that we have a, a great team here uh, that's done a lot of work to make sure we make uh, vaccine information available and vaccines available as quickly as possible. One person at a time. I, it strikes me that a lot of folks will be watching this as they either are, are already starting or about to start their holidays with their, with their families. Um, last year, we know the holidays were different than, than they typically have been. What are your recommendations to folks who are getting together with friends and family, uh, vaccinated, boosted? Um, what are you, what's your advice to them? Yeah, so again, I would say everyone, first off, if you haven't yet to get vaccinated, please do so. Uh, and, and hopefully uh, people in our community will hear uh, that that is the single most important thing we can all do to move us all towards a place of, of getting uh, to a new normal, really. Uh, so vaccination and boosting is number one. Uh, secondly, I would encourage folks if you are uh, if you have symptoms, if you have any flu-like or cold-like symptoms, please stay home, get a COVID-19 test, uh, get a flu test if you need to, uh, but make sure that you're not exposing those that you love to potentially uh, something that's transmissible. Uh, so if you have allergies or sinuses, just go ahead and get a COVID-19 test to be on the safe side to make sure you don't have an infection. Uh, you do have those symptoms please stay home and don't go around your family members uh, if you uh, are traveling or if you're going to be around a large group of people and i would encourage folks to leverage the COVID 19 tests that are available in our community we certainly have a rapid test available at our libraries and the health department locations uh, as well as we know that you can purchase them over the counter in our our pharmacies and grocery stores uh, as well as we have a number of holiday and another and other testing sites available for folks throughout the community uh, that's available uh, and we encourage folks to take advantage of it. One year into your, to your leadership, uh, a year from now, what will be your own personal metric for, for your own success? Uh, well, number one, I'll be here. <laughs> uh, but certainly I think uh, what, I, what I would love to see a year from now uh, as, as a department, uh, we uh, continue to really do the great work that I know uh, that we've been doing, uh, that there will be more visibility to some of the other work that we do as a department. Uh, our community has a number of public health challenges that are facing us. We have a number of health-related inequities and disparities. Uh, and so really want to encourage everyone to be aware, sensitive to, uh, and uh, know about all the great work that's happening throughout this department to protect and promote health in this community. Uh, and so even beyond COVID and the work that we do every day uh, to help our citizens live a healthier life, uh, there'd be more visibility and awareness of those things. The final question, uh, you'll be replacing Gibby Harris, who's been sort of the face uh, of the fight against this pandemic here in Mecklenburg County over the last uh, two years. Uh, she give you any advice? Uh, so Gibby's been giving me advice for the last five and a half months. So uh, I have a whole notebook of, of tidbits of guidance from her. She has been an incredible uh, mentor and boss. Uh, and certainly I am going to miss her very much. Uh, but I am excited about the, the new journey here. Uh, excited about her journey and her uh, adventure into retirement. Uh, we'll see if it sticks this time. But certainly she's given me tons of, of advice and guidance uh, since we began the transition. Uh, and she's, she's a jewel. All right, guidance from Gibby. It could be a book for, for all of us to read at some point. All right, Dr. Raynard Washington. Doctor, thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. All right, more Flashpoint after this.
Welcome back to Flashpoint. Joining us now, Brad Overcash. He is running for state senate in Gaston County. Uh, Brad, thanks for coming on again. We appreciate it. Absolutely, Ben. Always good to be on your show. Listen, first question, I guess, is a basic one is, did you actually have a chance to file? Because as we know, uh, some people never even had a chance to file before the court uh, uh, stopped filing. I did, Ben. I, I, I tried to go down and file on Monday, and of course, we know what the court did with that. Uh, but when they reopened filing on Tuesday morning, uh, I take this stuff seriously, Ben. And I was down there with my dear wife, Jennifer, and with Senator Kathy Harrington, who's endorsing me. I went down and filed uh, on Tuesday morning. And, and why are you running? Ben, I'm running to represent the fine folks of Gaston County because as a native North Carolinian, as a lifelong Republican, I love this county and I love this state. And I want to take our conservative worldview here in Gaston, and I want to take that to represent them in Raleigh. So when it comes to, we, we talked about the filing and how it was put on uh, hold because of uh, the, the courts deciding that, that some of the maps drawn for congressional and legislative races might be gerrymandered or, or uh, unfair. Do, I know Republicans felt pretty good about these maps, and, and they even compared them to, to some of the, the gerrymandered maps of the past that Democrats drew um, that were, uh, looked like salamanders almost, um, where, where at least it would appear that these were grouped in a more logical way, uh, some of these districts. That said, I don't have to tell you, North Carolina is a, a proudly purple state. Um, fairly evenly split politically. Do you feel the maps truly represent, from a political standpoint, the political makeup of North Carolina? Absolutely. I, I, we've never seen a more fair process, not by either side in the history of North Carolina. Remember, Ben, while our legislators were drawing maps, they had live stream video the entire time. The consultants were not in the room while that was going on. The, the public and the media were allowed in uh, to observe this whole process. I've never seen a more fair process in my life, and I am dumbfounded by what I believe uh, is tantamount to judicial tyranny in, in, in taking us through this process. Your, your top priority if you get to Raleigh? I want to take our conservative reform agenda and continue that. We're gonna, we need to continue to cut taxes and regulations, get government out of our lives. We need to return power to the people, the way that it was intended in our founding and by our founding fathers. We have to get things through like voter ID. We need to finally have that. Our people have voted for it uh, on, on constitutional amendment. The legislature's put it through multiple times. It was signed by then Governor Pat McCrory. I don't understand why in the world uh, we're suffering under this judicial tyranny. We can't put up with that stuff anymore, but we need, we need to continue to return power to the people, shrink the size of government, and, and let people live freer lives. Uh, you mentioned Pat McCrory. He's currently locked in a pretty contentious race with Ted Budd for the U.S. Senate um, seat. We know that uh, Jeff Jackson uh, sort of quit the race this past week and threw his support behind Sherry Beasley. Uh, that means Democrat will go, Democrats will go into the general election uh, supporting really one person uh, the entire year of next year. Um, are you concerned about the divisiveness of this campaign for U.S. Senate? I'm not. I, I know that the candidates that we have are very strong candidates, whether it's Governor McCrory, whether it's Congressman Bud, whether it's someone else that comes through that primary. Uh, uh, the voters have already uh, uh, chosen Chief Justice uh, Paul Newby over 
Beasley, and I am confident the voters will, will choose Governor McCrory or, or Congressman Bud over her as well. Uh, have you endorsed either one of them? I have not. I uh, know both of them. Um, I've, I've known Governor McCrory for a long time, absolutely fine, fine person, but I'm focused on my state Senate race. Uh, Congressman Bud's a, a great guy as well. Really like both of those gentlemen. Do you think, though, because I think there's, um, uh, I know this is not your race, but there is a, some would say, a battle um, in the Republican Party between um, uh, Pat McCrory, Mitt Romney, um, versus someone to say like uh, a Ted Budd. Um, do, you, do you think that's a fair assessment uh, of the two sides of the Republican Party right now? I don't think so. I mean, I think I think Pat's his own man. He has his own record that he's running on. I think Congressman Bud is his own man. He has his own record that he's running on. Both solid Republican folks. Both would do a great job. I, I really reject that either of them are, are, are like Mitt Romney. I personally don't care for Mitt Romney's politics. I don't like what he's done. Um, and and I, I don't believe that any of our prominent North Carolina Republicans, they're all far more conservative than a guy like Romney. Uh, what about Liz Cheney? How do you feel about Liz Cheney? I, I think what she's doing right now on this, on this sham panel is atrocious. And the problem with that panel, of one of the many problems with that panel that she's sitting on, is the, the Speaker of the House calls it a select committee and then doesn't even put on uh, the, the minority parties, the Republican parties selected people. Uh, she only appointed people that have already expressed agreement with her. And, and I don't appreciate what's going on there. There's nothing fair about that. Ben, as you know, I'm an attorney by, by profession. And I can tell you that our court system uh, in North Carolina in general would never operate like this panel is doing. I don't see how anybody can look at what how they're acting, how it was how it was made up by the speaker, and say that that's a, a fair and reasonable process. I, I think the American people know better, and they're going to reject this. All right, Brad Overcash, uh, running for state senate in Gaston County. Uh, Brad, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Ben, thanks so much. Great to see you again. Happy holidays. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. This week, parents pleading for action from CMS leaders. They want their children to be safe at school. The message comes after a shooting at West Charlotte High uh, this week. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. But as WCNC Charlotte's Hunter Signs shows us, school leaders admit they need to do more. Do better before someone has to bury their child because thoughts and prayers are nothing without action. West Charlotte High School teacher Ayanna Perry said what a lot of parents are thinking. This board has the power to do something as elected officials. Her words come after a gun was fired by a student at her campus on Monday. Nobody was hurt, but CMS says eight guns have been confiscated at West Charlotte so far this school year. 23 guns have been found on campuses district wide. Safety is our highest priority. The superintendent kept to the talking points we've heard, calling on the entire community to work together. School board chair Elise Dashu says she hears those concerns. I will push for every possible solution. The superintendent continues to say metal detectors and body scanners are on the table. An anonymous see something say something reporting app will roll out after winter break and the district expects some 46,000 clear backpacks to arrive in February, but some don't think that option will work. Clear backpacks aren't going to do a thing. The guns will just be hidden in baggy clothing. Clear backpacks are not either efficient 
or effective. School board members know not one single thing will solve the crisis, but something has to change. We must act now. We must do it today. But we're all accountable. Hunter Signs reporting for us there. The superintendent reminded parents and students that if a student brings a gun on campus or on a bus, they will be expelled. More flashpoint after this. Last weekend saw devastation in Kentucky as tornadoes killed dozens of people. But we also saw the government uh, the way it's supposed to work in situations like this. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell tweeted his thanks to Joe Biden for rapidly approving Kentucky's major disaster declaration. Keep in mind, folks, this is nothing extraordinary, but it kind of is given the political climate of the last few years. This is how government's supposed to work when we're not blue states or red states, but when we are United States, especially in a crisis. Come interact with me on my Instagram and Twitter, Facebook as well, and always listen to our podcast. You can find it wherever you get yours. Enjoy the holidays. We'll see you back next weekend for our annual year in review show. So it'd be really good.